0: Hello, everyone. I'm Will Leverson, and this is Sports Spot Weekly. Today's episode, our preseason pre-snap reads. We're going to take a look at four teams today, the Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers, Denver Broncos, and Buffalo Bills. We actually brought this uh, episode here last week, but for whatever reason, we weren't able to uh, get the show recorded properly so we're bringing our pre-snap read show here to you um, better and bigger than before and so let's get right into it. the green bay packers in their jordan love uh, uh error here uh one thing we have to remember though about you know, when we talk about these teams and and how they get their you know replacements and such or, or how they land on players it's not like a player it's not like a normal employment situation where i go and i i say hey i, I think that i have the skills and talent for said positions not like jordan love uh, saw an opening after aaron Rodgers had left and said hey i should be able to play quarterback in the nfl and i believe that i have talent and skills so i'm going to apply for this quarterback job and hope i get it nope the green bay packers Drafted Jordan Love, but when you're talking about what were the plans for Jordan Love when they got him, we have to understand that when it comes down to when the teams had to get their 55 or 53-man rosters together, that means that they have to put people in those positions. So you're on the depth chart. You have Aaron Rodgers. You need a backup quarterback. Through the draft, you acquire a guy, and there you go. Now Jordan Love is on your team. And you, as the Green Bay Packers, did not make a business decision prior to Aaron Rodgers' uh, seemingly unceremonious exit from the Packers this past off season. The Packers did not, for the sake of their business organization, make the best decision. The Packers held on to Aaron Rodgers because they were not brilliant enough to make the decision to part ways with him before this season. Aaron Rodgers was on that team. I would say about six seasons too long, but certainly he was on that on there about three years too long. He should have parted ways with Aaron Rodgers um, at the uh, in his last iteration of 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 the MVP. Aaron Rodgers those back to back MVPs. He should not have been playing for that team, but because the Packers as an organization and they are in a state that by committee does not make hallmark trailblazing decisions. It is just business as usual. You grow that conversation out from there. And we look at how the ownership structure is of the Packers. They are folky and and, and, and have the novelty enough to where Their ownership structure is all the fans in the state of Wisconsin. They own one share of the Green Bay Packers. So before you were a player on the team and have signed, you're going into a business situation that is unlike any other team in professional sports. And you say to yourself, well, you know, just because they have a folky, nostalgic, novelty way of going about their ownership, well, that doesn't mean that they're not going to be in compete. I am telling you this. That as far as a business, the Green Bay Packers operate as a ma and pa diner. Now, a ma and pa diner, they make money, they they hire people. It's it's a business, so it's not that it's a bad thing. But when you're talking about the economy of scale that an NFL team deals with, and then you take a look at different ownership structures, and then that's what's going to point you in the direction of the green bay packers why they don't seem to go out and get top talent you know in in their acquisition of top talent the last time that it worked out for the packers was when they got don Beebe and andre rise back in the day after that they have amon green the amon green acquisition and they have jimmy Graham. and you say well will just because they, they operate off a quirky ownership structure. Man, that doesn't mean that they're, that they're doomed to mediocrity. Actually, it does. If you're not able to compete with other people in the same space that they are competing with in any business segment, you're not going to operate the tops. I am telling you that Church's Chicken, as a chicken franchise, they sell chicken, right? You know, how hard could it be to sell chicken to a populace of people that like it? Well, that's the same thing that Popeye's and KFC also came up with. And Church's Chicken just is not those other two. They were not. There was a one point in time where people were, you know, you could hear it in jokes, you know, Church's Chicken, they got big pieces of chicken and everything. So as a, as a business, they said, well, you know, that's really not a good look for us. Let's just sell tenders and biscuits. <laughs> so Church's as a chicken restaurant doesn't sell chicken. Get this, the same way that KFC and Popeyes do. And so when you're not operating as the top people do in the top in, in, in your business segment, you're not going to compete with the top people in your business segment. And that's why the Green Bay Packers are relegated to the space they are. They haven't stepped into the 21st century yet or otherwise taken a look at maybe a different direction to make that team and be responsible to that same fandom. If you're saying, well, that's the way that the Packers came up with it. They don't need to do things the way other people do. Sure they do. Sure they do, because when you have an ownership structure that's not clearly defined, it is as laissez-faire as, as, oh, well, everybody in the state owns it. You're not going to win. You won't. Now, in days of now football antiquity, the Packers had a dynasty. In the days of football now, Packers haven't had a dynasty. Last time they had a multiple Super Bowl appearing quarterback was when they had Brett Favre. When Brett Favre won his first Super Bowl, uh, when they played against the Patriots, and then the next one that they had against the Denver Broncos, that was the last time the Packers had a multiple Super Bowl uh, appearing or Super Bowl uh, uh, capable team. And so – when we're looking at Jordan Love and, 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 and the preseason uh, bit of success that the fandom, at least the Green Bay fandom, is, is up in arms about, there, there is never a time in any preseason where you can get an accurate barometer or an accurate picture of what your team is going to look like, whether that be because the same people in a preseason aren't going to be the same people that are on that 50-plus man roster you, we, we're not going to be able to look at the Green Bay Packers as being to perform anywhere above their station because they did not do the greatest job by their young quarterback. They did not put him in a situation before this season of which if he would be the any sort of clear direction for that team, then they said, OK, hey, Aaron Rodgers at this point. We're going to move on for Aaron Rodgers at this point in the season. There was nothing in the Packers last season that pointed to them being in any position to make the postseason or to make any sort of drive that wasn't already apparent in the first six to eight games of that season. And then their season ended unceremoniously on a loss to their division rival, the Lions, where the Lions had to – they were also trying to make the playoffs, had played well last season, played the Packers well. Uh, we had the, handed Aaron Rodgers one of his worst losses that he's had uh, there as a Green Bay Packer. And so it's just one of those things where uh, this upcoming season is only going to go as far as the Packers' indecision at their new quarterback uh, position. They didn't do the best job by Jordan Love to put him in a position where they could really gauge his ability to play those meaningful games during the regular season, and so it's not saying that they that he's not going to win any games. It's just saying that they didn't do the best by that same fandom, by that same folky ownership structure to to field a quarterback that's tested out there. So uh, the Packers, I, I'm not, I, I can't sit up here and say. That I feel that a team like the Vikings in their same division is in a much better spot, but the Packers did not do well by themselves. Have an untested quarterback, who this uh, league now that is very quick, very fast to respond to those second and third year players. If you're not, if you don't have anything in the tank like a Ben Roethlisberger to be truly special in that second, third year time frame, if you're not going to be a Tom Brady. The Packers don't have that right now. If they did, then it would not have been this long before they fielded that. So that's not to regurgitate other commentary that is out there. That is just from a very uh, business-focused Uh, Top down approach that before any player on that roster has had a chance to make it and then, you know, go ahead and and, and put their skills together and hope that team is going to do the best by them. That hasn't happened for the Green Bay Packers. So no, I don't have them very high on anything other than what you would expect from a second year unproven quarterback that's not very high up on, on anything. And, and and that and that's one of those things where we hear well you know teams they don't have to do some of the things they did in years past they can kind of take some of these other successful formulas of other teams packers can't do what the new england patriots had enjoyed for 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 many years because they don't have that guy at quarterback and we take a look at the san francisco 49ers and 49ers in a little different position because yes they have a returning quarterback coming off of a uh, surgery in other professional sports that usually spells the doom of any sort of throwing ability with power and things like that. When you come down to that uh, uh, surgery there, and how different uh, baseball pitchers and things have had similar surgery and, and similar injuries there. So we can't sit up here and 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 think of a quarterback that. The last time when we saw him struggle mightily against a defense that was prepared and predicated on taking uh, a, a young quarterback like Brock Purdy and giving him those fits that we saw in the NFC championship game. But the San Francisco 49ers, it's their coach, Kyle Shanahan. You know, there's a great analogy to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, that was, uh, and I don't know how many folks uh, still remember Game of Thrones and some of the stuff that came out from Game of Thrones, but there was a great set of lines by the carrier, character Tyrion Lannister, Lannister when discussing another one of the major characters there uh, Daenerys Stormborn, Daenerys Targaryen. And he was basically saying that, you know, when did anybody ever tell, you know, when was Daenerys ever going, when, when was she ever wrong? Was she wrong? for wanting to make sure that she stood up for herself and not just be a tool for uh, uh to be sold off and to be married off just to shore up someone else's uh uh ruling goals there right her brother wanted to be the wanted to be the king he he thought he was the rightful king as being a targaryen and his one chip that he had was to sell his sister off and to get her married to uh, to one of the powers there, so that he could uh, take advantage of that. You know was she wrong at that point for fighting to sticking up for herself and wanted to be her own person? Was she wrong when she fought against slavers and people that were trying to hurt her and her dragons? You know was she wrong for for burning down the city of marine because they tried to enslave her? or was she wrong for when she also stood up for herself when she was back with the dothraki and they were, looking at her like she was less than herself. Was she wrong for fighting for herself then? Was she wrong for uh, looking at a, a system of governance and wanting to change that for the better because it wasn't working for us? Like when was when was Daenerys Stormborn ever told that she was wrong? And it's the same thing with Kyle Shanahan. His offensive prowess being one of the many young, bright talents at coach, an offensive minded coach in this NFL at this point in time where things are so quick. There were conversations about parity some years ago. Those conversations are not the same at this point in time because many teams uh, through their practices have found themselves in newly arriving winning formula. I mean, just take a look last season at the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and you don't have to go very far to see how a team has changed their winning formula, especially from years Mm -hmm. when they weren't winning, when they had their other quarterback, Russell Wilson, who we'll get to here in a second. But it's not on Brock Purdy. It's not Brock Purdy as some young quarterback that is untested. But that we don't have any, any 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 ability to say, okay, this guy is some version of a proven winner, but he has a comeback off of this injury in a system that's predicated for a quarterback that's not him. Or else we wouldn't have the Trey Lance discussion of being someone in a depth chart before Brock Purdy. I mean, they call him Mister Irrelevant because, as a third string quarterback, who would have ever put him in a position to compete the way he did last season? But that was where he was. Take a look at that construction. Kyle Shanahan had a quarterback in Jimmy G that, yes, Kyle Shanahan's offensive prowess has proven that you can plug a quarterback in there, and as long as they have some ability to get the ball down the field, his scheme and things and the way that team had constructed between him and John John Lynch um, really put together a great team, great defense, how has that translated anything into San Francisco? Well, it's because the coach and, and, and his and his great man trappings that we have there. You know, there's a there's a notion in history and in the in, in some of the uh, social sciences there of the great man uh, sort of. Uh, Ethos, or or the way that uh, that great men, great leaders in different situations, put everything on themselves because they have to be the person that do that does it because their vision and their direction is the best for the situation. That's the same thing with Kyle Shanahan, yeah, man. When you think of Kyle Shanahan, it's like Muhammad Ali, Pasha of Egypt. And those of you that may know a little bit about Muhammad Ali and and, and what he did as Pasha of Egypt, Muhammad Ali is where we get the Suez Canal from. Muhammad Ali took it upon himself as being the great man of Egypt in the 19th uh, century there, the 1800s, to modernize Egypt from being... a, a also ran of antiquity into the modern industrial world and that's where we get the Suez Canal, but Muhammad Ali took it upon himself as the great man, as this great man to, to modernize Egypt all to his self. So after Muhammad Ali, Pasha of Egypt, we have the doldrums of Egypt history where from Muhammad Ali until what you get with Anwar el-Sadat uh, and, and some others there is where you get our current Egypt at, but it took uh, uh Muhammad Ali to put that on his back and modernize Egypt. And that's the same thing with San Francisco. Any team that Kyle Shanahan was on, Kyle Shanahan was a coach that made uh, Kirk Cousins into some version of a playable quarterback. So was he wrong for taking someone who we know as Kirk Cousins? All of Kirk Cousins, the quarterback that never was there, uh, that never was as far as taking a team from uh, from you know, barely being able to compete into the postseason to being a Super Bowl attaining team, it was Kyle Shanahan that made Kirk Cousins into a multi million dollar quarterback. It was the same Kyle Shanahan that went into a situation in San Francisco and took where Garoppolo was, where the direction that New England saw him in. Of course, Jimmy G wasn't going to be to replace Tom Brady, but he has some playability. You get with Kyle Shanahan, and boom, there you go, hit maker there. But Cal Shanahan has to move out of his own way in order for San Francisco to be that team that we thought they have a great defense. They, offensively, they're great. You know, they have McCaffrey, they have Debo Samuel. But that, but that team, the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan system is predicated on and best for is one Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not a San Francisco 49er. So now I have to say, okay, it's almost like Don Cheadle also said a great thing as far as, you know, acting and how uh, producers, directors and the the talent staff, how they go about approaching their situation. Don Cheadle said, at first they say, uh, I need a guy like Denzel. Then you say, give me a Denzel. And then you say, I need a guy like Don Cheeto. Then give me a guy like Don Cheadle. And then eventually you move off of those Don Cheadles. What San Francisco was looking for is, let me get a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Let me get Lamar Jackson. Then it's, well, let me find somebody that Sort of has that same playability, and that's how San Francisco gets to draft a Trey Lance. Someone that was unproven as an athlete in college, great athletic ability from the little bit of flashes, but as far as being a proven thrower of the football, a a proven commander of an offense, is not something that a Trey Lance ever was. So he finds himself in a situation with a coach that feels like, hey, the system I have, all I need is somebody with some athletic ability, do what I ask you to do, and you should be to win. But that's not what it's going to be. That's going to be the winning formula for San Francisco. San Francisco is only going to go as far as Kyle Shanahan gets out of his way, gets the player for that scheme that he really needs, and not just take anyone because they have some degree of athletic ability when they are not the Lamar Jackson that he needs for that team um the next team that we're going to talk about the denver broncos who denver is uh, they have a situation to where their future is not in their quarterback their future is in how well they're able to offload that big, huge contract of his in a couple of years, who's going to take Russell Wilson off their hands? I don't know the answer to that question, but if you're asking me, uh, listen to Sean Payton and some of his rounds that he made as an analyst and listen to how he looks at quarterbacks and things he keys in on, there's nothing that tells me that Kyler Murray uh, as a moldable quarterback in the same vein, him and Russell Wilson are about the same player even down to their command of the offense on the field outside of their coach. Kyler Murray uh, had some commentary and and, and some uh, things out there that he's just not as engaged as he needs to be to be in command of that offense. Guess what Russell Wilson's knock is? This person uh, had had a lampooning of the guy that took his job over in uh, took his job once he left Geno Smith and said, oh, I don't need to play with wristbands. I've never had to play with wristbands. Well, you know something, Russell Wilson, you probably should have had four wristbands on last season. And it wasn't just, oh, well, Nathaniel Hackett, they weren't able to get plays in it. Can you find for me in Russell Wilson's resume his multiple MVP seasons? That team was made. Aaron Rodgers was the big get for the Denver Broncos. When that didn't happen, Denver had to find the next thing in order to facilitate a change in direction for the team. Because it's not just in the roster. Like I said, I always start at that sort of, what is what is the ownership structure doing different to make this thing work? And the Denver Broncos are not Armand, dads and uncles, or, or even our own Denver Broncos they have a new ownership structure. When you're new to a thing like owning a football team, number one, you're not doing it so much to make money. It's a statement by. It's saying, hey, I have arrived at this point. I can own a football team. So in order to do that, you got to make a splash, got to make a new personality. And that new personality was, hey, I want to show players that we will pay you for your perceived talent. We always say, okay, you, know, you're not, you don't get paid on these contracts based off of past success. You get paid off of what you're doing. The Denver Broncos, in, in, in attempting to acquire Aaron Rodgers, were acquiring someone that's a multiple MVP quarterback. Can you find the multiple MVPs that haven't happened for Russell Wilson? No, you can't because it hasn't happened. And so the direction for the Denver Broncos is, how are they going to offload Russ? And what is Sean Payton's next project? That he's going to have as the head coach of that team which takes us into the last team that we're going to talk about here we only got 30 minutes here but um the buffalo bills when it comes down to that team and where when we're taking a look at josh allen right and we're saying he has all this billy in the world you know he's you know he runs the ball well he throws the ball well A championship hasn't happened for the Bills because there is something missing in Josh Allen's gameplay, and it is in decision-making. When a quarterback has to run, there's one or two reasons why that happened. It's a design run or the play broke down. But the amount that Josh Allen runs to advance the ball, that isn't something predicated. Okay, off of design runs and just plays breaking down. Josh Allen, as far as his quarterback development, you know, there's a conversation that he took a leap with Brian Dayball, and then with Leslie Frazier, a coach that in his prior coaching position there in Minnesota as a head coach, had commentary and had some things out there that he wasn't the best at developing the talent on his team when he was a coach and you grow that conversation out from there so i have a josh allen who's not developed enough as a quarterback to be resolved enough to not take off and run because he's not seeing the play develop there are plays developing there he's just not seeing it because he hasn't been developed into that so that's where we have the brian Dayball and leslie frazier conversation and now we have to look at josh allen who has all those comparisons to brett Favre and those things like that that's not necessarily a good thing okay I get it, the old gunslinger able to get that ball there is also the same old gunslinger that threw more interceptions, which by committee put those Green Bay teams in much less of a winning uh, a winning uh, solution there because they're now having to overcompensate without having one of those all-time great Ravens, Bears, uh, Legion of Boom defenses. Did we ever start a conversation with Aaron Rodgers' time with the Packers that, oh man, he's got man a premier defense no we looked at his playability and when we looked at what he's doing there Aaron Rodgers still had to be developed Aaron Rodgers when early on his career you the knock against him was he used to hold the ball too long being a mobile quarterback and wanting it and wanting to wait for things to develop instead of Aaron you've got to throw guys open you you have to be resolved in being the quarterback and not having to make so much stuff happen. That's what Josh Allen's problem is. So until the Buffalo Bills fix his decision-making, there is no the, – Josh Allen is not Justin Fields. He's not Jalen Hurts. Okay, He's not Tim Tebow. He's, just because he has an ability, being a big dude, being a hard, you know, big body – you know, Ben Roethlisberger was very hard to bring down too. Sometimes he'd have to scramble for a couple yards, but Ben Roethlisberger was resolved in being the big, tall, big Ben in that pocket, standing, throwing to guys that are open, letting plays develop. So when we come down to somebody who makes decisions, makes mistakes like Brett Favre, the guy that threw the most interceptions, then we say, well, why aren't the Bills in that same situation? Because until they lessen his mistakes, until they get Josh Allen to be resolved and not – spend expend so much energy advancing the ball, running the ball, that's where the Bills' success is going to come. Until Josh Allen settles down, and then you have the Stefan Diggs conversations and things like that that we have here of late, okay? Stephon Diggs as a receiver is not just saying these things because he's a diva and, and he needs the ball more. You know, the the the, the notion that he's unhappy at this point in the bills lack of a championship attainment is the same thing that he as a receiver had to endure when being paired with a quarterback like a Kirk cousins so stefan diggs the you know the the information that came out is that he's not happy in buffalo how could you be how could you be you're a stefan Diggs, and you have a quarterback that is running the ball more frequently than he is Allowing the players to develop and pass the ball. So until that happens for the Bills, the Bills are only going to go as far as far as they develop Josh Allen into a more comfortable thrower of the football in situations that he does not need to run and take off in. So I have the Packers are going to only go as far as what they're planning for quarterback is, okay? Then I have the San Francisco 49ers only going to go as far as their coach getting out of his own way and finding the quarterback that he needs to run that system. I remember Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells, they had this in their 30 for 30 where Bill Belichick said the, the, the thing that he learned from Bill Parcells is how Bill Parcells has his guys in his mind for a system. And so. It's different when you're bureau parcells. you have a Lawrence Taylor on one side of the ball that's able to impose himself and things, but in lieu of having a Lawrence Taylor. The San Francisco 49ers are only going to go as far as what Kyle Shanahan is able to find in the quarterback that he needs for the system that he runs. And then we have the different Broncos whose future is where do they part ways with the Russell Wilson experience. And then I have the Buffalo Bills that until they develop Josh Allen into a more comfortable thrower of the football, they are not going to mitigate those mistakes. He's going to keep throwing interceptions. He's going to keep that comp to Brett Favre, which is going to keep the Buffalo Bills from those mistakes that he makes with throwing those interceptions, having to uh, uh, overcompensate for that And without having a scoring defense that's not going to happen. It hasn't happened for any quarterback. Can you find me the Trent deal for Super Bowl That until he had that – all-time defense that he was winning a Super Bowl can can you fight because it, it doesn't exist and so we've got four teams four different championship hopes some of them are just trying to you know salvage what they are moving forward some are needing to win in a hurry uh, and we appreciate everyone for listening to the show that that's uh Sports Spot Weekly here for this week I am uh, your host, Will Leverson. Thank you all for listening and please be safe and please listen, like, and share.